Hello, hello, and welcome back to Overthinking with KD. This is episode number five, and I am your host, Caitlin Dendis. And I'm really excited about this episode because I got to sit down and talk to two strength and conditioning coaches where I got to ask them some questions, pick their brains, and get the inside scoop not only for myself, but for other college student athletes from the perspective of the strength and conditioning coach because boy oh boy does that play a role in your performance on the field, on the court, and just overall health and even carrying it into post-athletic life, being physically fit is still key and important to a healthy life. So it is vital information that we get to hear from them today. Just a reminder to get your water, make sure you're moving. If you haven't stood up today, make sure you stand up. If you haven't been drinking any water, take that opportunity to do that now. And before we get into the episode, I guess I can update you on my fitness journey. I've kind of been busy. I've started work both at a rec center and at a, um, I guess, work as in the form of an internship. So I'm currently working and have an internship. So my life got a little bit busier than it was when I was on summer mode. And it's difficult to fit it in. I'm not going to lie. I see it. I understand the struggle of working a certain amount of hours at like a nine to five and then finding the time to go and work out and be active, especially when you're sedentary all day. At my internship, I basically am sitting for a long extended of time, like period of time. So I definitely see that I'm going to have to prioritize and make sure that I schedule in time to like stand and move and walk around and have water like in reachable within reach on my desk. So the corporate world's no joke and it's only been week one and I definitely see the pitfalls that I feel like majority of people go through when they first start working in corporate world versus being just a student, not even just a student athlete, just being a student and then moving, transitioning into that workforce. You definitely have to pay attention to moving your body, drinking water, especially during a busy work day. And on top of that, eating well, um, prioritizing your nutrition. Um, just last week, they provided bagels and it was so easy. it's so easy to just go in and take it. And I guess now that I can say I've joined the corporate world, maybe we'll have an episode on that where we talk about some tips. And if you have any tips, um, feel free to share them. Um, I will look into other tips online and we'll see what the corporate America says and what their tips are to stay healthy while working in a sedentary position for a long extended period of time. But other than that, um, I'm finding a routine, trying to find a schedule to keep lifting because strength is definitely important to me. I want to be able to stay strong. Definitely need to realign my flexibility and stretching routine. Been lacking in that. But for now, I'm keeping busy and figuring out what works. Haven't tried any new classes since the last time we spoke. Um, 
but maybe I will look into some yoga classes. That sounds like fun, especially since I sit all day now. But anyway, before I keep mumbling on, let's get into the episode. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, it is greatly appreciated. If you like, share, leave a review, and let's keep the podcast growing. Hello, Andy Dendis and Angela Pleasant Dendis. How are you guys? Dendis Pleasant. Sorry, wrong direction. (laughs) Dendis Pleasant. Hello. Um, First, you guys want to introduce yourselves, give us some background as strength and conditioning coach or former strength and conditioning coaches? Uh, Well, Angela Dundas Pleasant. I am currently the head strength and conditioning coach at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I am starting year 10 um, at that institution and have um, now more than 15 years of strength and conditioning experience coaching at the collegiate level. Impressive. 15 years. I know. You so old, yeah. Andy? Yeah. Uh, I'm Andy Dendis. Um, obviously, Coach Ange's older brother. Um, I spent uh, 15 years in the collegiate setting, um, places of obviously starting at the Mecca, Humboldt State University, where I think we all started. Um, from there, moved on to Short State University of San Diego, seven years at Oregon State, some time at Stanford, some time at UC Davis. Uh, and then I've been in management uh, since ever since. Um, so really 20, 25 years of health and wellness in the industry um, and still going strong. Oh, gee. Yeah. Now you have to say that it's Cal Poly Humboldt. It is the it Humboldt is. State University. Always. What got you guys into strength and conditioning? Just so we get your where your passion came from. Because that's 40 years combined between the two of you. It's a long time. It's a long time. You want to go first, Andy? Mine's pretty easy. I think think what got me into um, strength conditioning was I always wanted to be a part of athletics. I knew very early on that I was never going to make it to the NFL. Um, But I enjoyed being around athletics and wanted to find a way to stay in the field. Um, Obviously, training myself as a, a collegiate football player. Um, it was a field that uh, I just kind of geared towards as I started to get ready for graduation from my undergrad. Um, my major was in athletic training and um, I enjoyed that aspect of it, but I started to see that I wanted to spend my time on the other side of the spectrum where athletes were happy and healthy um, and really keep them out of the training room if possible, or at least try to reduce that risk of injury. Um, so for me, it was, um, to still be wanting to be involved and be a part of the team and the program, um, and help young, young people achieve great things, even if they didn't think it was possible. Nice. And, um, well, I had a unique experience, right? I was exposed because of Andy's journey, um, to the strength and conditioning world, um, in college athletics and, you know, same kind of thing, realizing my WNBA career was not going to go anywhere being like five, four, um, you know, all through high school, it was like, okay, well, what's kind of next. And having that experience and exposure early on, um, at a very, um, 
kind of influential point, you know, in someone's life that those college years, right? Seeing it, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna hang out in the weight room all day. That's cool, you know, and be a part of of something that's you know bigger kind of than yourself, um, and really work to, like you said, to really help individuals. And so, um, you know, thought maybe athletic training would kind of be the way, and just really didn't get a feel for it. I liked probably only one side, which was like the rehab side. Um, and then that kind of got me into, well, what could we do? You know, what should you be doing outside of that so that you're, I'm not seeing you in rehab. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where kind of the exposure, um, with at Humboldt state with, uh, you know, coach Peterson, um, that got me to like, okay, there's the other side. This is the side that you can really have an influence on and, and really help develop young athletes. So. And so you were both athletes prior to going into this profession. And then now you've seen athletes come to you in the college level. What advice would you say? Like, when do you see people start strength and conditioning? Like, is it pre coming to college or is it, do you have some first years that come in and have never touched, um, been in a weight room? Like, what is that like? I I think, um, you, you start to see all different types of athletes come in, right? You, um, depending on the sport, obviously, um, but hopefully some athletes are doing some type of injury prevention work as they are playing at a younger and younger age and really um, getting stuck in a, you know, one sport mindset um, because obviously growing up, it was you're outside and you're playing all these different kinds of sports. Like that was the training back then. Now it's so specified that you're seeing athletes younger and younger have, you know, strength coaches and they go to the gym or they go to the PT clinic and and they work with, you know, all these different types of coaches that, um, and when they get to the college level, you have a a wide variety of of athletes. Um, And again, it's dependent on the sport, but you can have athletes that have never stepped inside a weight room. You can have someone who's been in the weight room for 10 years. Um, I think that was the cool thing about working on in the collegiate side and some of the different universities I worked at was you saw all of those athletes um, and you had to work with each and every one and meet them where they're at and say, okay, you know, this is a barbell or, Hey, you know, how much weight are you really moving these days as a freshman? So it, it just depends. Yeah. And from my understanding of like the my podcast and like the scope of people who are listening it's normally people that like genuinely care about their sport and are like deep dived into it because they're not going to spend their time listening to a podcast that doesn't pertain to their life if they're not working out so I was wondering like from a strength and conditioning coach's perspective what are like key attributes that can help a student athlete thrive in the weight room gearing that most of them probably listening have already worked out or have some program they follow. I think that's it. Have a program to follow, right? Have some consistency and it's not just going and working out. Like anyone can go to the gym and work out, Mm -hmm. but athletes need to be training and that training, hopefully you're getting the right advice before you get to college um, that can really have an impact and set a foundation for your athletic development during your college years. 
Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing I tell recruits when they come through the door. You know, if you're not going to be playing a sport every season, a different sport every season, then you should have some time for development. You know, find someone in your area that can help you out. And then, you know, once you're assigned with us, then you're going to get that coaching, right? And that programming to do before you report after, um, in the summer. So just finding a way to be consistent, I think. So consistent. Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head too about having a foundation, right? Some type of foundation, not only of strength, but just movement. Um, because one, you're going to be ahead of everybody else that's coming in, but also um, there's something we can build off of, right? We're not starting from scratch, right? And you're investing some of the time because athletics is important to you. You want to be successful. You want to be the best on the, on the field or on the court. Well, put in that time and put in that effort and, and have, like you said, a, a plan, um, a year round plan, if you will. To, to get better each and every year, because that's your goal, right, is to come junior, senior mm-hmm. year, you're at your peak, performing at the highest level that you can perform at. So finding a plan would be to reach out to your strength and conditioning coach, like make that relationship with the one you have at your program or someone in your area that's like curtailed to your sport. Um Cause lately I've been seeing a lot of people go on like Instagram and follow like fitness influencers where it's just a hit workout or, um, there's like a treadmill version of like a 12, 330. So like they're walking on an incline and that's not very sports specific. So like where should student athletes look to when it comes to social media, like how much do they pay attention to that? And like the fads of that. I think that's hard for this generation that we're coaching mm-hmm. um, because of the influence of social media, right? And so now you're seeing that trend though of, you know, go and follow, you know, bigger university strength programs. They're showcasing what they're doing with their athletes in the weight room. Um, go and get on Twitter and follow some of the best researchers in sports performance um, in, you know, whatever kind of the area that it is and go and and see what they're conversating about and reading and posting. Um, It's being very intentional with your social media, right? Um, To get the results that you want or to get that information because it's there. You know, as coaches, we're transitioning to that area of social media of sharing and networking um, before, you know, you go to conferences and that's where you would do it once or twice a year. But now we can do it every day on social media. So go and find those accounts, you know, maybe start at top universities and work your way to the researchers, to the, you know, registered nutritionists at that in- at institutions across the country and gain that information and just be kind of a sponge on it that will kind of direct you to staying out of kind of like what you said, like the fads. Mm-hmm. And even too of the body image of it, find people that are posting and putting out information that is athlete specific or like sports specific versus their goal is to like look a certain way. Because at the end of the day, I feel like walking away from my college athletic experience was, it wasn't about the look of my body. It was the performance of it and translating that over. 
which um, kind of leads me to my next question is, what's the best advice that you can give to a student athlete from the strength and conditioning side of college athletics? I remember uh, back when, when I was in high school and I was given some advice is get to know your strength coach first. They're the most important person that can help you develop in terms of physical fitness and being ready to compete. Obviously your, your sport coaches are going to be the ones that help you with your skills and, and your mental approach, but get to know your strength coach really well on a personal level um, and spend the time in there, right? Getting better each and every day. Cause it's, it's a long process. It's not like you're going to start working out in 30 days. You're, you're, you're that much better, right? It's a long process um, and, and put the time into getting to know not only the coach, but the program itself and what they do and, and mastering those movements to, to perform at your highest level. Cause it's a short window in your life. College athletics is four years. That's all you get. Maybe some people get five, right? But it's such a small window of your life that if you're going to do it and be committed to it, then put in the effort and the time to be your very best because you'll learn a lot of things about yourself that you'll carry on in your, in your next adventure, right? And, and throughout life. Yeah, but, you know, well said there. I, just to kind of add of, you know, be ready to, if a process is put in front of you, be ready to jump into it and follow it, you know, and trust it, right? Because like you said, it's four years to really be at your best um, physically. And so you have to really put that trust into where you're going, right? Hopefully you've done your research and, you know, you're, you're going into an institution where, and a team and a program um, that you really trust those people, trust the people that are there supporting that program, you know, trust that process um, and buy into it because, you know, the reward can be so great. And I've seen it where the buy-in and the trusting the process, you get maybe a step into it or two steps, but then you don't fully commit and then you're graduated and you're done. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. Buy-in is definitely key. When I was, when you brought that up, I was actually thinking too of like other buy-in outside of strength and conditioning where it like leads into each other. Like previously I talked about like sleep and nutrition and like mental health um, and how it all incorporates into becoming like the student athlete that you want to be. How important is nutrition to this side of athletics? It's super important. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not fueling the right way and you're not um, hydrated and, and doing all the things, like you said, outside of the facility, then you're not going to get the gains that you could potentially get. Right. You could actually be hurting yourself yeah. and, and, you know, being in the program, it's, you know, the goal is to, to help you perform better in your sport, but also to keep you healthy. Right. And so many times and so many conversations and one-on-ones with student athletes was, was always around nutrition. Right. And, and how do I perform and timing of nutrition as well. Right. Understanding the timing of it can play a critical role in, in terms of your development and, and how you perform, whether it's game day or it's after game day, 
um, or you're in the off season, just, you know, grinding away four days a week. Uh, super important. Yeah. If you think about how much time you're actually away from, you know, a weight room, a training facility, um, it's a lot more, right. Than the amount of time you're putting into your training. So that stuff you're doing outside has to be more important, right? Cause it's not just nutrition, it's hydration, sleep. Um, and so you're doing those three things more than when you have your hour, two hour training session, you know, three, four times a week. Yeah. And like, I also don't want to ignore, we all know that student athletes go out and do more than just that. They have a social life. There's drinking, there's partying, paraphernalia. How does that impact um, student athletes from what you've seen or experienced? Well, obviously it it happens. It's going to happen, right? At that age, you're going to experiment and try new things and also look for ways to kind of decompress, right? Um, It's going to affect your training without a doubt. It might take a little bit longer to recover from that last workout. Um, If it's continual, if you're doing it like multiple times a week, it's going to be detrimental to your recovery and and how well you're um, recovering from each workout, right? But it's going to happen, everything in moderation. Um, And you can, and find a, you know, a balance, hopefully, uh, within what you're doing each week, how many times you go out each month. Um, because it will make a difference, right? Especially if it's something that, you know, I'm going to do before, you know, a day before, two days before competition time versus, Hey, maybe in season, I kind of slow that down. And maybe it's more in my, my downtime, right. When I'm really in my off season and enjoying getting away from my sport and, and kind of relaxing a little bit, right. There's this timing, just like with nutrition is, is key as well. So it's going to happen, but try to limit when it happens around competition time and, and your hard training seasons, if you can. Yeah, I think that's, you know, goes to starting to realize and, and be aware kind of maybe when you're doing it, right? And, you know, the, the biggest thing when I work with an athlete on this topic of, you know, overall nutrition and just having a grasp, a grasp on what they're doing um, each day is to start writing it out. So you see it, right. See where, you know, you're not getting sleep because you're going out. Right. And then, then you can maybe see where you can make up some of that. Um, same thing on the nutrition side. Okay. If I, if you're going out on a Saturday night, you know, do you have the time on Sunday to, to recover? Right. Um, just Getting to that point of awareness first, I think, is huge to getting a grasp on, you know, what you're doing while you're at school. Because they're going to do it. It's just how often, how you're doing it safely. So when they say time management, you really do learn it. (laughs) Because you have Mm -hmm. to cut it down to the wire to see where you're recovering, where you're training, where you're being social, where you're still being a student. So time management is definitely a part of the strength and conditioning aspect of being a student athlete. How often were people late when it comes to that, to your conditionings? 
in the mornings because I most people have it in the mornings. What punishments did you give to that? Um, we do not punish. Oh. You cannot punish into the bully rules. Um, I, it's, you know, maybe a handful of times over my career where it was, you know, noticeable. Um, you know, for the most part, any good, any good program is going to have kind of that built-in account or like peer accountability. Um, so you're hoping that if someone's messing up, it's on one of those programs where you don't really have to deal with it because the teammates do. Um, and if that program has some high standards and, you know, some accountability, then you're kind of held to that. Yeah. The, the athletes find that real quick that you don't want to be late to a workout. <laughs> um, but you know, you have a winning championship program when the captains can handle all that and we're hands off. Yeah. Because they're the ones that meet him at the door and ask the questions, why are you late? Or they're the How ones going to the, the door. Yeah, they're the ones going to the dorm room being like, get up. You know, we're running. Um, so, yeah. So those are good attributes, too, of for people that are listening that are looking into programs and deciding where to play and where to end up. These are definitely key aspects that you should pay attention to when you go out recruiting and you go to college campuses and see the tours and when you visit the weight room. I mean, I don't yeah, that, have. Oh, that's a good, Kaylin, that's a good point, too, of, you know, if you're if your listeners are in that kind of time, you know, where they are being recruited, mm-hmm. you know, realizing it's an opportunity for them to recruit, too. Right. When you go and you're talking to coaches and you're visiting campuses like you're recruiting them, too, in a way right? Just as much as a coach is putting time and effort into recruiting you, like you're recruiting that institution too. And so asking those questions and getting all that information and, you know, and really using it in your decision-making process, I think is huge because you get, you run into this all the time where, you know, someone goes to an institution and it just isn't the right fit, right? For them whether that's within the program, whether that's within the classroom, the social life uh, of the campus. Um, And so really taking some real thought and observations when you're going and visiting, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Are you going to, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, while we talked about social media earlier too, I definitely would add that to the list of what to look at too is the social media of not only the program that you're trying to join, whatever sport that is, but also sooth on the strength and conditioning too. see what they're putting out there as well. But yeah. Do they look like athletes are having fun, right? If you're going to be there mandatory, you know, running and, and lifting three, four times a week, are they having fun? Is it a good program? I remember yeah. some of the, the best athletes um, always coming in and wanting to talk and mom and dad come in the office and want to ask questions. What's your philosophy, coach? I know you're in charge of this sport, but what's your philosophy? How are you going to take care of our kid? Right? How are you going to make them better? Um, and those are the ones that were, were doing that work. They were recruiting for them, right? And interviewing me. Because um, I'm going to spend a lot of time with their son or daughter in the next four or five years. 
right? So those are the ones mm -hmm. that, yeah, go out and, and put in the work and, and ask questions, right? It doesn't hurt to ever ask the question and, hey, can I get the time to, to sit down with that coach and, and have a quick conversation, right? How are you going to take care of us during my time here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is great advice for current, future, and past for sure. Um, I think we've had a great conversation and I mean, is there anything else that like, you guys wanted to talk about? I was going to kind of lead it with um, asking the question of like, how important is the weight room and whatever comes to mind, whatever final advice quote, I've been waiting Andy for you to say one, but we'll see. Uh, you had the tattooed um, on my head. You can't outwork poor nutrition number one and number two tattooed is we don't lift to fit into skinny dreams i was hoping you would bring that up <laughs> i didn't want to scare any of your listeners <laughs> off right but you, you know as you bring that up especially for female athletes i think it's a little bit different for for some male athletes but um if it's about performance and it depends on the, the level of school that you go to there's a school for everybody out there Right. I'm just come from, you know, bigger schools, division one schools that it was a big part of the program. Like it was not optional. Right. And um, yeah, there's going to be some physical changes that occur over your four or five years. Um, but it's only for the better performance of you and your sport and to stay healthy performing in your sport. Because um, ultimately the goal was to reduce the risk of injury. Um, and to help you run faster, jump higher, and just be a better all-around athlete within your sport. Again, like I said, in that short four four-year window, right? And and you can't outwork the poor nutrition. And I always said there's nothing good that happens after midnight. And if you think twice about it, the answer is no. So those are really the three that I think were always part of some kind of you know, post-workout speech before I let them go for the weekend is you cannot work it and uh, nothing good after midnight ever happens. So you might as well get to bed and get to sleep. Some good ones. It's true when you're an adult too. <laughs> you, yeah. You find yourself like <laughs> nothing good happens after 930 <laughs> as an adult. You're like, man, he was right. Nothing does happen after midnight. Yeah. Um, I think the one that I always say, I feel like it's somewhere in my weight room too, on a board somewhere, is um, I always tell them, you know, it's it's okay to, to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and that's just not with training, that's with, you know, sport in your life. Um, I think that being uncomfortable, right, uh, for a lot of us, um, may see it as a great challenge and want to step up. And for some, it, it may be a bit of a struggle, but know that, you know, at some point it's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, there's some athletes that really buy into that and they live comfortably being uncomfortable and pushing themselves. And so um, trying to instill that early on, um, especially where I'm at, where they are being pushed to uncomfortable, you know, put like spots in the classroom, right? It's high academic. It's super competitive. Um, you may have been the top at your high school, but guess what? There's 650 other freshmen 
that were at theirs. Um, and so they're going to see that kind of from all angles and getting them to realize like, that's okay. Like we get some uncomfortable situations and, you know, you just kind of don't know, like, that's fine, you know, because eventually that's going to get more comfortable as you start to progress and, and grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you kind of bring that up because this translates into life after athletics, right? You trying to get that next job or get a promotion, you still got to show up and compete every day, right? And, and you learn that through athletics and you learn that through what we're talking about, being uncomfortable and having that mindset that's not fixed. It's a growth mindset that may continue to grow and learn and get uncomfortable and learn how to deal with all the different stresses that are coming at me from every different angle, whether that's, you know, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally and economically, right? We all go through that grind of, man, can I make that? And then they come out the other end, you're like, man, look what I just did the last five years. I accomplished some goals. I, I checked these boxes, the things that I wanted to go after right? And, and started to better myself and my life and eventually my family um, because of that, right? Because of getting uncomfortable and de- ha- de- having to deal with stress coming at you in many different ways, right? And to be able to say, hey, I'm okay through it. And if I'm not, I can go talk to someone about it, right? I can call somebody and talk to them on the phone. I can, you know, find a mental health um, person to help like Lyra or, you know, Headspace app or something like that, right? There's there's ways, different avenues to get help when you need it. But I think the most important thing, like coming from all of us who have been in college athletics, is it only makes you stronger for what's to come in the, the rest of your life. Yeah, I would add to like, you know, the point of asking for help, right? That's really hard for someone that's 18 years old, 18 to 22, a lot of times is to ask for that help, but know that if you're at that point where you, you feel like maybe I should do it, you know, trust your, trust your instincts and ask for that help. Cause there are people wherever you're at, like wherever you go to whatever program and institution you go to um, that are there to help you. That's, that's why we, all of us are in college athletics is we, we wanted, we want to help right through this phase of your life. So. Nicely said that everyone at the whatever program you end up going to is in your corner because no one's sitting around wishing that you lose. No matter if on the field, off the field, everyone wants you to succeed. So lean into that, lean into the community you have, no matter what division you go to or if you're playing or not playing. Everyone's important on and off the field and especially in the weight room where all we want is for you to get stronger and as a better athlete and at the end of the day, a better human being in the long term. Sums it up, right? I'm not even a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in the weight room a long time. I was going to say, you grew up in it. You're it's the best place coach. to be. Yeah. It's a, in my opinion, it's the best place to go to when you need, I mean, even as a prior student athlete, it's still a good place to lean into. And it, obviously everything changes around you. And even in the weight room, it changes goals change, but it's always there in some form. Yeah, and, the, and the staff's always there to support. Um, and sometimes just a, a person to talk to, I can count 
I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many athletes say, hey, can I just talk? And we come in the office and close the door and I just listen and let them talk, right? Um, sometimes we're their, their biggest support person, right? And it's also time to, to get rid of stress. Your stress about a, a test you just took and how you did and what's coming up and who you're competing against. Like, man, just getting in a weight room and moving some weights around, you'll feel 10 times better after that session is over. And again, that carries through the rest of your life too, with the stress that comes from, <laughs> from work, right? And everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time tonight, both Andy Dundas and Angela Dundas Pleasant. Thank um, you for having us. Of course. You guys were always on the top of my list of I need to come talk to, especially for my student athletes listening out there. Well, we're glad to, to help and, and hopefully uh, your listeners learn a little bit about uh, the process and, and coming from the other side, right, of the, the strength coaches. We're not scary people. We're here to help and support you in your development. Um, and hopefully they feel inclined to, to reach out to their coach or start to interview um, as they take some of their visits, right, as, as start to ask some questions. Of, What's your philosophy? How can you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to plug any of your social medias here? And do we want to have Lewis and Clark out there? Oh my God. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> well, so I have rules, which make no sense. So it's, I'm figuring a way to work around because I can't post anything that's out of season. Uh, yeah. With the, with the new rules, right? With so yeah college athletics and the- so division three give you a little background right division three non-scholarship um a lot of our time in the weight room is considered voluntary mm. um and so if it's during that period so not during your competitive season um i cannot post athletes working out mm. yeah so it's so, mainly you doing everything on the page so uh, we're, we're going to kind of work around and, and get, get video maybe during the, the off season, but use it during their in season. That's kind of the plan. Yeah. Well, if anybody has any questions, they can always reach out to AC Dendis on Instagram. Be happy to answer any questions. Right. Um, always here to, to help people grow and learn and, and just be better, better people. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time.